What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that would look like David Bowie if David Bowie was a podcast, it's Sifpa. Welcome to Sifpop Weekly, streaming live most weekends or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Woo-hoo. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and do not underestimate the kid. It's Andrew Ormsby. Hey. And each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. How are you, man? Good. That was fairy. I found it appropriate. Oh, that is perfectly appropriate since we'll be talking about Artemis Fowl today. Uh, yeah. And only Artemis Fowl. We're going to be doing a couple Sif Swifts for the next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll talk about Artemis Fowl this week. Next week, we'll get into uh, the King of Staten Island. So don't worry, we won't forget it uh, in case you were wanting some thoughts on that. Um, but yeah, we'll just do a, a quickie one today and chat a little bit about um, the the brand new Disney Plus movie, which was originally supposed to be a Disney movie in theaters, um, but then kind of got pushed around and pushed back and... Corona happened and all the stuff. Um, do you think this would have come out in theaters if the coronavirus hadn't been a thing? I mean, I hope not. <laughs> okay. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I wonder though. Spoiler. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I wonder though, because it was one of those that got pushed back and pushed back. And I don't know. I think it was kind of a kind of a convenient little thing for them that it ended up this way and they they debuted it on disney plus um, yeah they've been pushing this movie for like what three years almost? It's, yeah yeah it's been a while it's definitely been a while so it's been interesting to see um mm. kind of you know how that all worked out and the fact that they you know eventually just dropped it on disney plus so <laughs> 
Yeah, it just kind of worked out nicely for them. Um, before we get into talking about our feelings uh, on the movie for the Sif Swift today, Andrew, um, yeah. I did want to bring up that the Academy released a new timeline for the Oscars. It was in the news this week. I didn't know if you saw that. Did you see any of that? I did not. So basically they said that the Oscar eligibility period is going to go through the end of February 2021. And whoa, whoa. yeah, this, be- this becomes, and I think that's actually really smart. I think that makes a lot of sense because what that in effect does, it, it allows for, I mean, if you subtract the, uh, you know, the, the self quarantine period of this year, that allows for basically, you know, eight months of movies by then. Yeah. And uh, and then you have another 10 months for movies for 2021. So it kind of splits the difference between the two years in some ways. And I think that makes a lot of sense. It's just going to be strange, right? Like, it's just going to feel weird. So that would mean that the Oscars would be in, like, June? Uh, end of April, April 26th or 25th, whatever that Sunday is, last Sunday in April. Okay. Is when they're scheduled uh, for. So does that mean that 2021's Oscar season is going to be a shorter time frame? That's, a, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming they're not going to just continue to do the end of February. I'm assuming they will then go, I guess they haven't officially announced, but I was assuming they would then go like March 1st to December 31st for 2021 and then just get back into the normal of it. Um, yeah. And that's, that's kind of what I was thinking, but I just, if, and you know, for someone like me who uh, is a part of an awards body, the, the critics choice, and I'm assuming all the awards bodies will follow suit, right? Because it would be weird for some awards to go to movies at the Oscars that weren't even considered by the other awards bodies because they came out in January or February um, yeah, and once the Oscars say this, a lot of those movies will set January or February dates. Uh, so I think everybody's going to have to follow suit. So man, it's just it's going to be so different um, yeah. as far as the time frame goes. I'm actually not a fan of this now that I'm thinking about it because in my head it's screwing up two years instead of one. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Like, it's going to be a, a weird, like, off year for the 2020 awards, and then it's going to be a short year for the 2021 awards. But were there really any awards contenders that were hitting those January and February dates in 2021? Possibly. You know what quiet, I mean? Quiet Place 2? Yeah, I, well, I, yeah, maybe. I, I doubt it. <laughs> I, I don't think and that there was also compete. there's also, you know, a whole bunch of, uh, films that uh that are pushed back that people don't want to contend with like sometimes a movie will be like no we're not going to release right now because we don't want to compete with that one now that those movies get pushed back all those award contenders are getting pushed back too like a uh, black widow you know getting pushed back or a tenant which could be an awards contender even though it is coming out in a uh, what next month June 10th, I think. They nineteenth July, and they changed July, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. They changed it to they pushed it another two weeks. They changed it to July thirty first or something like that. The the end of July, um, despite uh, Christopher Nolan's um, request to keep it where it was. Uh, so 
Yeah, it's it's definitely going going to be a weird journey that we will be traveling. I, I kind of felt bad. I like I like it overall. I think I like the the decision and the idea overall. I do feel bad for a movie like um, The Five Bloods, which now has another two months to stay in the public consciousness after yeah. having already come out. Um, but it's kind of the case every year that there's great movies that just you know they come out earlier and. I, I don't know. It, it's it's definitely going to be strange, and it will be interesting to see how it kind of all shakes down. Um, but yeah, that's the, what they announced. The award system is so weird how, you know, you forget about movies like Defy Bloods that come out early in the year, and there's all these award contenders, but it doesn't change the quality of the movie, you know? Like, Defy Bloods is still insanely good right. and awards-worthy. Yep. But since it came out early, people are going to forget about it. I just think that's so weird that people only really look at those last three or four months for award contenders. And it's supposed to be the entire year. Yeah. But it's that recency bias. Yep, it's a real thing. Recency bias is a real thing. And they they do take advantage of that. What I think is going to be... Strange is when a movie that came out in February of 2021 is awarded the best movie of 2020, and that's just that's just a semantic thing, but it bothers my brain. <laughs> you want to just, talk about an asterisk? Yeah, yeah. It's just it's a it's it, you know it could be the first year that two uh, Oscar Academy Award uh, winning best pictures came from the same calendar year. You know. Like yeah. just stuff like that is is it just it it twists my my brain a little bit so and that's the third reason why I don't like this just have <laughs> just have twenty twenty be the short year and then twenty twenty one everything's normal again yeah yeah and you know I I I think I would have been okay with that too um but it would have been even more of an asterisk. I think because it was going to be hard for any of those end of the year contenders to get into theaters before the end of the year, um, especially the ones that you know got cut off in mid production and, and those kind of things. So, mm. yeah. Anyhow, it is what it is. It has been decided. Of course, the Academy has a has a history of deciding things and then changing their mind. So, who knows? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> who knows where we'll end up eventually on that. Uh, yeah. You ready to get into it? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's talk about Artemis Fowl. You've grown strong, son. And smarter than I ever imagined. Then take me with you. You're all I have now, Artie. There's just one very important thing I have to do. Authorities launched a worldwide manhunt for the famous collector. He is suspected to have been behind some of the biggest robberies ever. Dad! Hello? Your family has taken something of great value from us. Return it to me or I will destroy everything you love. Artemis Fowl is a 12-year-old genius and descendant of a long, line of a long line of criminal masterminds. He soon finds himself in an epic battle against a race of powerful underground fairies who may be behind his father's disappearance. Uh, this is based on a book-slash-series of books. I'm not familiar yeah. with the books, so um, I won't be speaking from that. Are you at all familiar with the text that it's based on? Uh, all I know about the books is that they're nothing like the movie. <laughs> like, nothing at all like the movie, from what I've read. 
Okay. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah. So, again, we've already talked about a little bit of the background of this and getting uh, put out. We haven't mentioned that Kenneth Branagh uh, directed it. Um, pretty big budget movie, $125 million budget. Um, and uh, stars uh, Fredia Shaw and Laura McDonald as the, the main protagonists. And then you've got Judy Dench and Josh Gad in there doing some fun stuff. A little bit of a, a Colin Farrell going on every once in a while. What did you think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I want to say I hated it, but I know it's a movie not made for me. But at the same time, it's a not well-made movie. So in between, hate it and really disliked it. <laughs> I think we are at the exact same bullseye. I, that is exactly how I would have said it, too. I'm not quite going to kick myself into the I hated it territory. There's enough yeah. here that is visually interesting. There's enough here that, you know, there are bits and pieces of the world building that probably come from the books that I find attractive. Uh, there's just enough here to keep me from saying I hated it. But this is a really bad movie. This is just, yeah. just bad. And there's plenty of reasons for that. Um, I mentioned a couple of things that I did like. Was there anything that, that kind of stuck out to you as enjoying it? There were moments where Josh Gad had me chuckling, but other than that, I don't like his character. Uh, it's 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 here's my big problem with the movie, and it's what I think of. And obviously, like you, I haven't read the books. I really don't know anything about the books, but it feels like wasted potential. Like mm. this could have been a really good movie yep. and like a good series of movies, you know. But the. The acting style, I don't know if it's, you know, Kenneth Branagh has a way of bringing out a theatrical performance in his actors. Sure. Uh, I don't know if it's that or if it's the fact that it's a child's movie or a kid's movie, you know? So they're kind of trying to appeal to that demographic, but everybody's performances seemed off. And uh, I, I feel bad saying that these are bad child actors, mm -hmm. but... But they're bad child actors. <laughs> we don't have to talk about it too much. Uh, I didn't yeah. think they. I didn't think they were that bad. I actually liked her uh, better than him. Um, but I, I wasn't blown away by them at all. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of something I can spin into a, a pro here. Yeah, it's tough. It's definitely tough. Yeah, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Spy Kids. It, it just has that. Whenever you said the budget for this movie, I'm like, where did it go? Yeah. I, I don't see where it went. I mean, I don't think that the the visual effects were mind-blowing or anything like that. 125 that's a lot of money. Yeah, it really is. You talk about corollaries, and the thing that I kept going back to in my mind was Wrinkle in Time. Do you remember Wrinkle in Time? Yeah, I didn't like that one either. I didn't either. And I had the same feeling with that movie where it was like, oh, there, I feel like there's promise here. I feel like there's an interesting world here. Um, in that case, I had read the source material and I did like the source material. Um, you know, it was visually beautiful on occasion. I just, it's just the movie itself completely missed through performances and structure and editing and all the things that you need to you know grab an audience and and keep them involved and it was a little bit ridiculous and over the top in ways that were off-putting which i think is also true here 
And and so yeah, I just I kept having that wrinkle in time feeling, um, you know, the same way throughout this. And yeah, it was uh it was it was a tough one to go for. Um I, I was I was really bummed too because I really do like Kenneth Brauna and I don't think he hits a home run every time. Um sometimes he's more passable than great, but he's he's I done don't some... remember that many Dutch angles in this movie. <laughs> I, Were they there? I I don't remember uh that specifically. Yeah. Um but recently he had been on a little bit of a, a hot streak for me. I loved Cinderella. I loved his Cinderella. I love Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, yeah. And so it was just it was one of those things where I was just kind of kind of bummed. And you know, honestly, Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit is not a bad movie. It's not great. Forgettable. It, it's it is very forgettable. Yes, indeed. I actually forgot it existed. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just I did too. Whenever we were talking about Hunt for Red October, and you're like, "How many Jack Ryan movies have you seen?" And I said, "All of them." And you're like, "What about Shadow Recruit?" And I forgot that I'd seen it. That's how forgettable that movie That's is. That's right. That's right. So yeah. So overall, it, it the add that disappointment to what's going on here, and it just it speaks to why something like this uh, just kind of hits as poorly as poorly as it does. Um, yeah. Let's go into some more specifics. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the performances. We kind of mentioned the kids. Uh, Ferdia Shaw, uh, I think, was passable, not great. Laura McDonald actually enjoyed uh, a little bit. Um, I don't think they're given a lot to work with, if I'm being honest. I feel like those no. characters are neutered in so many ways. And the Artemis Fowl character, from my understanding, is a supervillain in the books or a criminal, um, you know, a criminal mastermind. And that is something at the end of this movie, they said something about criminal mastermind. And I was like, what criminal? Because in the, in the movie, it's like, do you ever get the he's sense just, that he's a villain or a criminal? Well, he tells you at the very end of the movie, just I'm in saying. case you didn't get it. <laughs> I'm how, a criminal mastermind. <laughs> I know. But how would you get that? Are you? I, I don't. I didn't understand that. I, I would had have had no clue if he hadn't said that. At Up the until the day before, you were just a kid. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. Like this is apparently this is nothing like the the uh, books, and that's I think that's the main thing that has people really upset. I'm like, yeah, he's supposed to be a criminal mastermind. I don't know if the books are about his father. Or, because even there, I'm not even sure what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This movie's a hot mess. Uh, Colin Farrell is barely in it and is, you know, the father in question. But I never really get a sense for their relationship or how he has informed his son other than yeah. to believe in magical things. That's the only connecting point the movie gives us is that the father taught him yeah. about magical stuff. And there's just the, relationally, that's that's more professorially, right? That really isn't uh, relational stuff. That's just teaching stuff. I mean, the so, butler had a more endearing relationship than his father did. Right. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, yeah, and Judy Dench is just, I, I don't know if it's miscast or you know, not given the right things to do, but I just, I, I found her character ridiculous and strange and just wrong. <laughs> I just like, Oh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of characters in this movie. I'm like, Oh, you're driving me crazy. The centaur I hated. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. not a fan of Judy Dench. Like I said, Josh Gad had me chuckling every now and then. So I didn't mind him so much. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, the butler's niece who had like 
two scenes in the movie, it was like the most unimportant character of all time. Yeah, Tamara Smart um, is her name, the actress's yeah. name, and, and just completely underused. Uh, and yeah, I it, this it, this feels like a movie where it just got jumbled, right? Where yeah. it probably went through a whole bunch of cuts, a whole bunch of changes. We know that it got pushed back, so we know there was some, you know, um, remaneuvering going on, and it just they could not. I just, it feels like they could not put the puzzle back together correctly. All the king's horses and all the king's men. I'm sorry, all yeah. the, all the mouse's horsemen and all the mouse's men could not put Artemis Fowl back together again. There you um, go. So yeah, it just it does. It, it feels like a jumbled mess uh, in that way. Uh, it it, it kind of makes me mad. The main thing is, like, you you had all this extra time, you know, with it getting postponed and stuff, and this is the finished product you give us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, this makes me more concerned on a totally unrelated note for New Mutants. Because... <laughs> <laughs> If Artemis Fowl had this long and they screwed it up, I can't even imagine what New Mutants is going to do. They've had that movie for like, I don't know, what, six, five, five years? It's been going on for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely been going on for a while. As long as one of the mutants doesn't, you know, come out in into a war scene and say "Top of the Morning" to you in an Irish accent, um, I think is that a, is that an Irish accent <laughs> I don't she was know. doing? I couldn't really. <laughs> she sounds like my grandma, and my grandma has been a chain smoker since she was a little kid. So she has that oh, "Top of the Morning." Some sort of fairy accent. Some something. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? It was it was interesting. We'll just say interesting. It was interesting. Yeah, that and. Josh Gad's bad Batman oh, uh, man. impersonation. It was, yeah, it was rough. Um, that's about all I got to say, uh, other yeah. than there's no need to check this out. Um, no. There, there is, you know, a slight element of, I, I hate saying so bad it's good, but there is a, a slight element of, you know, watching the train wreck kind of thing. That An it, MST3K thing? Yeah, yeah, a little bit of that where you just can't believe how bad it actually is. Um, so, you know, if you're bored and, and you want to be guffaw at, uh, you know, a, a big budget, high um, profile miss, then this this would definitely fit the bill. But other than that, I just, I can't see a reason to check it out. It's, I mean, if you're invested in the source material even, I would think that this would be painful, right? Like if you Yeah. If you love It's like me with the Dark Tower, you know. Yeah. Like, what are you doing to the thing I love? Of course there was no possible way you weren't watching that movie even if somebody had reviewed that movie like we are now, right? You you'd still watch it as a fan. Yeah. You feel yeah. like you owe it to your fandom yeah. to see it. Yeah, so if if you are a fan of the books, you'll probably watch it anyway and we're so sorry. We're just we're so sorry. Yeah. We didn't do it. <laughs> we didn't do it, but, but we're so sorry. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's do some buried treasure on this. If Swift, uh, we'll each pick something okay. from the world of pop culture uh, that we have uh, watched recently. I'll let you start, Andrew. What do you got? Okay. I got a new anime for everybody. Well, not a new anime. It's new for me. Uh, it's called Hunter Hunter. Now, if you look it up, it's Hunter, the letter X, and then Hunter, but everybody calls it Hunter Hunter. Uh, this show is so good. I was shocked because uh, the way it starts out, it feels very much like a kid's anime. Like, I'm like, oh, it's going to be, you know, like a Saturday morning kid's cartoon anime sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, it gets real 
pretty quick. Like, uh, it, the ba- the basic premise is we're following uh, this young kid named Gone who wants to be a hunter. Now, hunters are professional, obvious hunters to take out monsters and bounties and stuff like that. They're They're the celebrities of this world, and they're also the most skilled and dangerous people of this world. He wants to be a hunter because his dad was a hunter. So he goes to this training, uh, like a trial center to get your hunter's license. And that's where he meets all of his new friends and stuff. And you're like, okay, yeah, it's going to be a little kid show. And then the training starts and it turns into like Hunger Games. And you're like, oh my gosh, what is going on here? Uh, But it gets super good. You care about all these characters. They're fascinating. You laugh a lot. I... I'm having a great time with it. That sounds amazing. That's that's a lot of fun. I anime is never not something I generally get into, but if uh, enough people I I love recommend something, um, yeah. then then yeah, I'll take a shot on it. So um, yeah. so that that sounds interesting. Hunter Hunter is that what it was called? Hunter Hunter, but you got to look up Hunter the letter X and Hunter again. Uh, Hunter X Hunter. Yes. Exactly. Um, I have been on a rewatch movies that I think I like, but I can't remember why I like them so much. Kick. Uh, that's a very oh, specific. Okay. <laughs> that's a very specific category. Yeah. Um, but it is kind of is something I find myself doing um, now that I've kind of caught up on a lot of other stuff. It's like I think I really like this movie, but it's been long enough that I need to revisit it to remember why. Now, uh, one of a couple things can happen here, right? Uh, one thing that could happen is I watch it and go, oh, that's why I love this movie. It's awesome. The other thing that can happen is I can go, what did I love this movie for? Man. Yep. I, and so either of those is possible. It's a roll of the dice sort of thing. Yeah. I am happy to announce the, the movie I'm going to talk about is more the former category of uh, remembering why I love something so much. And that is Steven Spielberg's War of the Worlds uh, with Tom It's Cruise. a good movie. It's so good. It is so good. Um, yeah. I was really glad I went back and watched this again because I had forgotten how amazingly crafted the tension is in this movie for the entire movie and it is one of the if you think of destruction movies like where or disaster movies where things blow up and buildings crumble and um, a lot of times that spectacle is all that directors care about but what's beautiful about Spielberg specifically in this movie is the destruction always informs the tension of the story and it just keeps going and it feels so real and so authentic and he's dealing with alien invasion which is something that as far as we know has never happened especially certainly hasn't happened in this way and so it's all made up but it just feels authentic the way that the the buildings crumble and the the streets divide and you know Tom Cruise runs away and I just I I was just blown away by this movie and it had been a while since I'd seen it so um, if you haven't seen it, I'd highly recommend it. And I second that. The sound the tripods make is like one of the coolest sound effects in movie history. Just that yeah. deep, bassy horn sound. Mm-hmm. It just it it chills you to your core. Yeah. And that scene with uh, his kids and uh, Tim Robbins in the basement. Yep. You want to talk about tense scenes? That's a tense scene. Yeah. I love that movie. It's real good. It's really good. It's really, really good. Um, I had also forgotten, and this is spoiler-ish, but the movie's been out forever. The movie's been out for a while, so I'm not going to 
tiptoe too much around it, but structurally, I'm just going to say most movies like this involve our protagonists doing something to save the day. And this movie is not interested in that. This movie is a survival movie. This is a movie about doing something to live another day, not to beat the bad guy. And that, I think, adds something. That's part of the authenticity, I think. Part of the authenticity of this movie is it's happening to someone, not because of someone, and it's and they're not um, they're not a key role in it either. And you you're know, just usually, following a random survivor. Yes, exactly. And I think the movie is is really good for that. I think it 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 really adds to, like I said, the authenticity. So yeah, huge now, had, recommend for War of the Worlds. Had you ever listened to the original radio broadcast? Yes, I have. Yeah. Uh, that's a fascinating story in itself, you know, with people thinking it was real, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a it's a big thing to live up to, but of course it's Steven Spielberg, and if you want to trust an alien movie to somebody, Steven Spielberg's your guy, because he pretty much nails every single alien movie he he touches. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> so, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, yeah, Maybe. I'm right there with you. I Yeah, he might be the best alien director ever. Maybe, and maybe he is actually an alien director. Maybe he's been sent to prepare the way and, and get us ready um, by creating amazing alien movies. Is that why he's on a different level than all the mm-hmm. other directors? Yeah, 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 that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking he's so. a higher species. Somebody check his mashed potatoes because you just never know. Oh man, that's another great movie. <laughs> you just never know. Well, we did it, yeah. man. We did a Sif Swift. Yeah, we did. Thank you so much for joining us today. Sip Poppy is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out today. Thank you, buddy. Huge thanks to Phil for producing the show. We love you, Phil. Uh, Thanks, Phil. Much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members as well for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month, gets you access to every bonus episode as well as some other fun perks. You can find out more at patreon.com slash siftpop. Lots of ways to connect with us. Feel free to comment, rate, leave a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you do your podcasting. You can also email us, feedback at siftpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too, so make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than hearing Olaf do Batman voice for an entire movie. Uh, <laughs> we will be back next week with another Sif Swift uh, about the King of Staten Island, and we'll see you then. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.